0: The number you have dialed has been changed.
1: The new number is... What's up everybody? Welcome to Bad With Names. I'm your host Don Will, and I am walking outside in the rain. Uh, if you wonder why I'm outside in the rain, because I wanted to go get a donut and it's raining. And if that sounds illogical to you, the other reason is that I wanted to test this field recorder out again before I take it on the road with me to San Francisco Sketch Fest. Me and Wyatt will be out there with Shotty Get the Screen on uh, January 23rd. Wyatt will have, he has two shows, the Night Train shows are back to back the 22nd and the 23rd. And we happen to get booked for Shotty Get the Screen. So we're bringing that back, showing some exploitation. It'll be at the Roxy in San Francisco. Get your tickets, get your tickets, get your tickets. Should be a good time, man. I'm looking forward to hanging out with some homies and laughing a lot. And hopefully recording new episodes of Bad With Names with a host of comedians that I haven't met yet. So that should be fun. I sound kinda winded, I am, which means I probably shouldn't be getting a donut, I should be jogging. But, this is kind of a workout. Eh, whatever. All right, so also you may have noticed we have some Tanya Morgan shows coming up. Boston on the 20th, Boston on uh, January the 3rd, thir- February the 13th, I'm sorry, February the 13th in Boston. We'll be with Green Street, and we've got a couple more dates that I'll announce later as that approaches and we get everything together. It's a pretty busy year shaping up, man, pretty busy year. Um, hopefully you guys are locked in and enjoying the things we're doing, and you're enjoying the year. Oh, man. All right, this multitasking thing is getting tired. I'm going to let you guys get into the episode. It's with a friend of mine, Tony Deo great comedian and marching band choreographer and i just hit an ice patch whoa all right let's hope i get home in one piece with a donut uh talk to you guys soon i do french press um i don't time it at all
0: you don't time it at all i just smush it there, like, no, no I, i'm not timing a little bit i like i like to give it a minute to you, sit yeah. Yeah. Here's what I do. I'll tell you how I do it, and then and you can decide if you like it or not. I, uh, I pour the water in it. I give it one minute exactly with nothing, and then I put that uh, the filter thing on it. Yeah. And I plunger it once and back up to get it all mixed in, and then three minutes from there. So wait, wait. You, you put the coffee in first. Put the coffee in. Then you pour, pour oh, the water. When you
1: say you put the water, I thought you meant you put the water in.
0: Oh, I don't let the water just chill. I like, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> that would be
1: great. But I heard actually. somewhere you're supposed to like dampen the, the coffee. Yeah, that's
0: way. what. It, that's that first part. It's a, okay. It lets it bloom. Yeah. Is what they call it. Uh, so I do that for a minute, and then I put the thing on and give it, you know, one where little plunger.
1: Do you grind your own beans, or where you get um, your beans
0: from? Yeah, grind uh, my own beans. I I get my. This is the. Uh, the not high-end part of it is... I get it from Costco. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's but, just not the bean. It's the, the, the brewer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the, I'm telling you, I've bought high-end beans, and I do all the thing, and I don't like them as much.
1: Yo, there's... I have a friend in Denver... Mm-hmm. And she has her own like coffee roasting thing yeah it's really small like like her own little thing yeah she sent me some coffee it was literally the best coffee i've ever had kidding. in my life it is amazing and i'm like i'm trying to get her to send me more like hey yeah and she's like, i'm not <laughs> doing that anymore what right and i'm like yo this coffee's amazing if you came to new york with it it's like the heisenberg of coffee
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> if yeah you yeah. bring it
1: back you don't know say like yeah she has the uh what's that something the the blue meth yeah the blue meth of coffee yeah <laughs> that's great so I'm anticipating this
0: coffee cup. What while, it, there was a specific name for it, though. What? Was, it wasn't just blue math. What did they call it? I know there was a name. Right? I just thought it was the Heisenberg. But that was his name was Heisenberg. Yeah, that was his name. Oh, oh man! It's gonna what? fuck with this bathroom until and we then, figure it
1: out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna name this episode whatever, whatever the name. blue math
0: is. Yeah, that's
1: perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm sitting with Tony Dale. Yes. And. This is like our second conversation in life. Yes, it is. I'm gonna turn off the timer Okay, break. cool. And he walked away from me as I said which I don't know if that was good or bad. But um you have a I wanna know I wanna know your story. I wanna know your thing. You know what I'm All saying? Right. I know you I know you've been there for seven years. Yes. You're a comedian. Yep. And you have a very interesting
0: I have an interesting background
1: everybody has an interesting background, but yours is You're more ready. interesting than others
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i uh, it 's different than a lot of comedians because a lot of people just you know young they decide to be a comedian and that 's their journey
1: yeah
0: uh, which is a you know it 's an interesting one on its own and it 's difficult um, but I kind of started down a regular pathway. Like regular with air quotes, <laughs> as, in, as regular
1: as regular can be.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was a musician, uh, and I uh, went to yeah th- that thing's already man. Uh, I was so musician. What kind of what kind of music? Was, well, I was you- a, uh, I was just in marching band all through uh, the high school and everything, and I went to a college. Basically, because I wanted to be in their marching band, they were great, and I'm like, "Well, that's a good enough reason to pick a school to go to." <laughs> Which school was it? Uh, it was James Madison University in Virginia. Okay. Uh, they had a giant marching band, like 350, 400 people in the band, and you know where I grew up, it was as far as marching bands go, they were the greatest. Yeah. So I decided to go there, even though I, uh, for half a second, thought I was going to be a theater major. Uh, really?
1: So what was the uh, what
0: was the shift? the shift was like it finally occurred to me I went to the school just to be in the marching band maybe that should be the thing I'm there for <laughs> so I almost immediately just knew I was going to change my major to music so I almost like basically gave up on theater I, I took a few classes and whatever my first semester but then i started trying to i had to audition to get in the music department and then i was a music ed major okay uh and i finished that up at jmu and then i went out to university of nevada las vegas and got and a, you got ga- got a gambling addiction <laughs> i did not get a gambling <laughs> because i was so broke uh, they don't let you gamble when you don't have money well that, that'll <laughs> uh, stop sometimes a <laughs> But I, uh, I got my master's degree in uh, percussion performance out there, uh, which Vegas was its own little adventure on its own. I loved it, and then I moved to Texas to be a teacher.
1: Quick sidebar about Vegas. Yeah,
0: I've been there
1: a handful of times. Mm -hmm. I hate the Strip. But I love the city. Like, I love when yeah. you go oh, I like, off. Like, off-strip Vegas is amazing. It's beautiful. It's and just...
0: I, I love, like, the, you know, desert southwest. I love, I could live out there yeah. easily. You know, I, I love the heat anyway. Um, and it's a beautiful city. You know, as soon as you get off the strip, you can live there and not even know that the Las Vegas Strip exists.
1: Right. And that's, so the time, the, the last time I went. I had a friend that was having a cookout. Like Mm -hmm. he just randomly lived there, so we were at her house hanging out. Yeah. And then from there we went to like the mountains, like oh, the, ca- yeah. the, the caves. Yeah, there. I'm just like, yo, this shit is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and nobody ever talks about it because they're no. like strip clubs, casinos, <laughs> right? Maybe the uh, the go karts or like like whatever, but it's just like nobody ever talks about anything but the strip, right? Which every time I go to Vegas, people want to do it. I'm just like, I don't want to do this,
0: right? Yeah, because I'm not a gambler. Yeah, uh, and I I sort of love it for the beauty of what it is and kind of the history of the Rat Pack and all. That's all right. cool to me. But I'm not a gambler, so Vegas to me is... Uh, I like to go to the tables and like wait for
1: the free drinks to come around. Mm-hmm.
0: That's all I do. And then you get up and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we used to have a trick when I was in grad school. Uh, at the time, all you had to do was take a $10 bill, ask it, ask for them to exchange it for quarters, and ask for a beer. And that was the whole interaction. They would give you a roll of quarters. You'd get your beer. You'd go to the cage. You'd cash it in for a $10 bill. And then you'd do that all night for as long as you wanted. It was just That is drinks. the
1: most amazing life hack. <laughs> yeah, that's the best life hack ever. And I'm doing that shit when I go back to bed.
0: Yeah, I, I, I assume it still works because they, they think you're gambling because why would you be getting quarters? And then they have you on camera, though. They do. So maybe they're like, "Why? Well, like, this guy's drinking a lot of our free our free beer. You have to go assume <laughs> y- you're the least of their priorities. Of not, Vegas might they, be petty like that. <laughs> they might be kind of petty like, they, no, that they guy over there
1: cheating uh, on, the, on, the, on the crap table. No, this right. guy's stealing the beer. Yeah, he's, like, he's
0: taking free taking beers <laughs> from us every weekend. <laughs> We're going to put an end to this. But so, all right, you, after Vegas, you said you went. I moved to Texas. Moved to Texas. Uh, right. Outside of Corpus Christi, and I was a uh, middle school and high school band director. Uh, for a couple of years there. And then we moved to... I got married while we were down there. And then I moved to Austin and taught uh, middle school band in Austin. And that's where I started comedy. That's
1: a good place to start comedy, I think.
0: Austin is a good city. It's uh, it's well known for its sort of comedy scene. Yeah. But I was there very briefly and uh, it almost... I feel like it doesn't count as the place I started, Uh, because I did, honestly, single digits the number of times I got on stage. So it's not really where I started, Uh, but I did get it in my head that that it might be something I wanted to do. And now backing up a bit to sort of put the other weird part of this story in here, because it's (laughs) the most important part, is when I was in college, I started writing marching band shows. And you started writing marching band shows. Yes.
1: How do you? Well, I guess no. You were in the marching. I band. was in the marching band. Okay. Okay.
0: And it's what I'd done since literally seventh grade, and you know I loved the marching band in college, and I was really interested in how, like, the geometry of how you put together um, a marching band show—not the music at all, but literally the, the moving, moving formations people. and like how yeah. people weave in and out like right.
1: that, I was because in my mind I was thinking like, how would you? Do that. I'm thinking. I'm thinking musically. It's, it seems kind of not difficult to do musically. I won't say. I won't say it's. It's. Easy. You're right. The, it seems like writing a traditional song in a sense.
0: It is. And yeah, most marching band music kind of fits a very recognizable pattern, music wise. Yeah. Um, and I'm, also, I'm also thinking about black college marching bands because they just oh play yeah. popular they <laughs> yeah. to just
1: cover popular songs yeah. so like, they're great I love those guys <laughs>
0: right. they're uh, yeah when you look at a black college marching band up against a white <laughs> <guy> <laughs> it's, like,
1: uh, it's, it's um, more it's like it's like Beethoven yeah. versus Two chains or
0: something yeah. I always there's a funny um, I wonder if I'm going to think of his name uh, Ricky Smiley. Ricky Smiley yeah. does an amazing thing, like uh, about the difference between white and black marching bands. Really? It's uh, the, yeah. If uh, whoever's listening to this, go look up Ricky Smiley about the marching band. It's fantastic. I have to check it out. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> but so, like, how do you do with the formations? Like, how do you? Okay. So, uh, when I was in college, up until that point, all of this was done on paper. Uh, literally sheets of paper that had a football field drawn on it and you'd put like a hundred little X's on there in one formation and then you'd flip the page over and you'd do the hundred X's in a different little place. It's like stop
1: motion animation. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: When I was in college, a computer program came out that took all the busy work out of it. And what sort of used to take someone a month to do now takes, you know, way, way less time. Yeah. But... The weird thing is the prices always stayed the same. No one ever said, hey, this is a lot easier now. We can charge you less. <laughs> so the of course price they did. No, of course not. And why would they? So that uh, that little change in my life meant I could go from making a few extra bucks in the summer to probably making my living doing this if I wanted to working a couple months in the summer. So wow. that's when I gave up teaching. I decided I was going to make my living writing marching band shows in June, July, and August. And then I would have nine months a year to be a comedian and not have to worry about the money I was making. And because, that's, that's the one, like worrying about the money yeah, for any artist. It's the hardest part. And I couldn't have done it otherwise. Because, you know, I would started down a regular... Path in life, you know, I yeah. Can't, I was married and you a dog, and I can't just decide. Oh, we're going to be poor now for a long time while I try to become a comedian, right? Because there's that. Like,
1: I think everybody has that. I'm going to be poor for a little while, most. yeah. And like, when, even when you're at the point where I don't know if I can keep being poor anymore, right? You don't want to like
0: stop. You can't. Yeah, we're artists. Exactly. It, like you know when this was what you were meant to do. Yeah, but it's so hard and. I almost feel like I somehow cheated because I never had to go that route.
1: Like, I feel like me... So me and Vaughn, the other guy in my group, we always have these conversations. We'll see, like, rappers, like, how do they get their money? Like right. Yeah. <laughs> but not like, not like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's because records aren't really selling. You know, yeah. like, shows... If you're a, a touring artist and you live on the road, of course that's a, a viable means of income. But if you like, there are artists who just don't go on the road, right? You know, like what are you doing? Yeah. How do you get the money?
0: Right. So, that's like, I always <laughs> wonder about that. There's comedians in New York. I'm like, how are you making a living? Like how,
1: this is you don't go on the living. road,
0: like and I'm sure there are like a lot of people are just like, how does Don
1: make money? You know I'm <laughs>
0: yeah. There's always someone below you on the ladder going, how right. are you doing it? And
1: like it's just that conversation. You you can't have the money conversation. Mm-hmm. The only acceptable money conversation to have is how much do you pay for rent right like, and <laughs> yes. that's even kind of touch and go you have to really know the person you know right. what I'm saying yeah, yeah. or you have to be trying to take over their apartment or like, get <laughs> right. rid of your place. yeah but um, yeah like so taking money out of the equation I wouldn't even say you che- You cheated I would say you found you found your hack you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah
0: I did find my hack and uh... I know
1: hack is a bad word in comedy <laughs> sorry about that but... no
0: no no it was a life hack <laughs> yeah the that, life hack that allowed me to be a not not the hack Right. In your act. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, uh, that's the way I was able to sort of put it all together. And I think it helped me comedy-wise because I didn't have to take all the really bad gigs that I knew were just for the money, you know, because comedians will do that. We're like, I need $50. I'll go do that bar gig where they're going to leave all the TVs on and nobody's going to pay attention to me. <laughs> like I did two or three of those. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not getting better. This doesn't right. make me a better comedian, so I'm not doing that anymore. And so I would only take gigs that I knew would make me a better comedian or that I knew I could be successful at.
1: Right, because you didn't have to focus on surviving.
0: Right, yeah. So that's, and that is literally, up until this day, that's that's the same scenario every year. About June, middle of June, I come off the road, I sit in my uh, office, and I write March and band shows for about 10 weeks.
1: <laughs> and, okay, so this is the other, do you, en- do you enjoy them equally? Are you um, in like the sweet spot where you have two things
0: you love? I am. That's I do love. Because I think at a point uh, you, I've gotten to the where comedies, I'm starting to be successful at it. Yeah. And I, you know, you never know how it's going to go. But I can see it getting to a point where I could probably just make my living doing comedy. But I love writing marching back shows. <laughs> and I could do less of them. Uh, that would make me happier. Because I'm still in that mode... That I've been in for, you know, however many years I've been doing it just as a career where I hustle and I take as much work as I can. I would love to back off from that a bit. Yeah. And, you know, just take the number that makes me happy. (laughs) 10, 12 maybe in a summer. That would be really nice and comfortable. And I wouldn't have super late nights of cramming uh, marching band shows. So when you say 10, 12, is that... 10 12 schools or just yeah, 10 12 school? high okay. schools uh, or college? i write read for a couple of colleges.
1: And the show is just for one game, or is it, for, is it is
0: that like their show that they do? It's generally their show for the season. Oh shit. Because uh, they're uh, most of the out sh- here changing the fucking world. <laughs> 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 this is <laughs> mind blowing to me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, most of the way the high schools work now is they'll have one show that they work on their whole season, they go out to competitions on the weekends and compete with that show. And that's sort of the mid- bulk of what I write is for okay. schools like that.
1: Hey, um, just wanted to check in and let you guys know I need you to rate, subscribe, and review. It's very important that you do those three simple things. It's so important that I'm in the rain talking to myself. And if you don't do it, this makes me really crazy and it validates the fact that I talk to myself and nobody listens. Because presumably, this message is going to someone's ears. So, I'm not really talking to myself. I'm just talking from the future, if you will. (sighs) Haven't made it to the donut shop yet. I'll let you guys know how that goes. Really hoping it's open. Really need that cafe, whatever, cafe LA donut that I usually get. Really don't need to be healthy. All right, back to the shoot. So, um. I want to back up. You yes. said you um you you got started in Austin, but you did, it wasn't really where you started at. Right. How did a Austin seems like a really cool breeding ground for comedy. It's, 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 it's like an accepting city. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those cities where...
0: No, I'm going to sit here and tell you it's not. Really? <laughs> At least comedy-wise. Okay. And It feels like you're allowed to be weird in Austin. You're
1: completely allowed to be and weird. My view is slightly skewed because I know South by Southwest
0: Austin. Okay, right. I don't know every day I live in Austin, Austin. Well, and the problem with my view of Austin is comes partly from... I wasn't there very long. Okay. But in the brief time that I was there, the comedy scene was not accepting. It was clicky. And it, you know, they loved the people that had been there a long time or whatever. And if you were new, I felt like there was just so few opportunities to get on stage. Every new person is one less spot for the old guys to get. So I felt like... I could have, at some point, sort of ingratiated myself into the scene and been accepted, but in the time that I was there, I was not at all. (laughs) Really? Yeah, not at all. So, you were there for how long again? Um, I probably did comedy there for maybe six months, but it was like taking a class at the comedy club and doing a couple of open mics. And, you know, I hung around the comedy club and tried to get into the scene, but they weren't yeah, they weren't really <laughs> super <Yeah>. accepting. <laughs>
1: so what was I mean? What was the the push that was like? I'm going to do comedy now because like your life uh, was going in a yeah uh, pretty straight line. Well,
0: musical. it was um, it was always in the back of my head because I had watched comedians literally since Johnny Carson. And, and was, Sabar. how old were you in Oh, high school. Okay, okay, probably. Well, I mean, when I was a tiny little kid, my dad uh, played. Uh, bill cosby album for me which now has become an unfortunate memory <laughs> that's what bums me out the most is because that was the first comedy i heard in my life
1: i can make five inappropriate jokes right now. <laughs> yeah now. the main yeah. one being you gave me coffee but <laughs> it's a horrible joke but all right so yeah <laughs> you,
0: he was. that was your first comedy yeah my dad uh, played me I think it was Bill Cosby himself but it was the uh, the which Noah was just, yeah, it was bit which great yeah and it was on like this was so long ago my dad had a reel to reel player do you remember those things I,
1: I've never seen one <laughs> right in real life but <laughs> <laughs> yeah they used to I exist. mean I've seen them like on the wall like it, it was, was a piece of history
0: 8 tracks and yeah. those things yeah and he had yeah, Bill Cosby like, on reel to reel I'm imagining
1: reel to reel huge shag carpet
0: yeah, of a course. Orange couch, probably. Why wouldn't it be <laughs> velvet pictures? <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> so yeah, I heard Bill Cosby then, and then somewhere in high school, I you know started watching Johnny Carson and seeing comedians on there, and that's where it got into my head that I at least l- really liked what these guys were doing. But I grew up in a small town where you don't go into showbiz. Yeah. That's just not what anybody <clears throat> one does. I mean, people. Where'd you grow up? You grew up in uh, a tiny little town in Virginia called Buena Vista. Right. Okay. Um, and it's just it's not what people did you had regular jobs so it's it was it would have been really out there for me in high school say that's what I'm gonna do in my life is be an entertainer and that was my like I'm from Cincinnati and it's it's
1: larger than Buena Vista. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, your neighborhood is larger right? than my town. <laughs> but it, it didn't have... They didn't have this like entertainment industry thing. Right. So one of my classmates... I remember in high school, one of my classmates, he was in a group called Mood. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like... I was like, what are you going to be? You know, we were just having a conversation about like whatever. He's like, I'm going to be a rapper when I grow up. I was like, you can't be a rapper. Like, <laughs> yeah. I remember saying, you can't do that. And he was just yeah. like, watch. I'm like, no, you can't do that. And literally within three or four years, he had an album out and stuff. And he was like on tour and stuff. No and, kidding. You know, even, even seeing him do it, I was just like, Man, that was a fluke. <laughs> and then I tried to do it. I'm like, oh, shit. I guess, I guess I'm going to try it, too. But I left. I ended up leaving Cincinnati. Yeah. I would say that I didn't cut my teeth there. Like I, we kind of have the same experience in that, right? Like I did, um, I would go to the open mics, try to like get up and perform. Right. I, I had a show or two there, but I, I've only done prior to putting out my first record. I had done like three, four shows in Cincinnati. Wow. I wasn't part of the like the big, right. The, the open mic freestyle scene. I would, right. I would try to show up and rap with people but they were looking like no not this guy
0: <laughs> right yeah it was exactly kinda, you know, the experience i had you not. have to
1: be like knighted in like you have yeah. to be accepted you have to hang around i was new i went i went away to school in north carolina and That's i was right. gone for six years so while the scene was like building and blossoming i yeah. was away and then i came back and people were like oh, we don't know you for doing music
0: no. right no
1: yep like, i'm gonna show all you guys <laughs> 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 but yeah cincinnati is kind of it's kind of the same um mentality i guess is The place, um, right, yeah, Austin in a sense,
0: yep. But so you were saying, um, so, uh, yeah, I watched comedians in high school and then I, you know, paid attention all through college, and that was sort of where the idea kind of got into my head like, you know, maybe I could try this, but even in college, I didn't do it at all. And then I went, uh, spent two years in Corpus Christi and then I moved to Austin, and that was the point. Where, like, I saw... There was a comedy class at the comedy club. And they have them at almost every comedy club around the country. Like, hey, come learn to do comedy. Right. And I was at the point in my life where I'm like, if I don't try this now, it's never going to happen. You know, I've, I have a regular life now. <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't so what, want... How old were you when, um, when uh, you started? This is probably... Try to do the stand-up for the first time. About 28. Okay. Um, when I started. So... I just didn't want to look back and regret it, and yeah. I was completely okay with failing. I kind of knew odds were a real long shot to be yeah. successful <laughs> in any of the arts. They really are. To- I mean,
1: and then you also
0: had uh, something else that you love too. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's that could have also been the thing that killed me. Was I went out once, bombed. And I'm like, ah, yeah, you know yeah. what? I got a cushy life. I don't need this. Did you bomb the first time? I did. Uh, I did well enough. That I thought I might want to keep doing this. Okay. And I always had the theory that most comedians that exist did okay their first time. Yeah. Because if you did as bad as it was going to be later on, yeah. <laughs> there's no reason you would ever come back.
1: So I have to ask, what was the what's the worst bombing ever? Because um, I, I did I did stand up once. And oh, I did you? Didn't, I didn't bomb at all. Oh, good. I didn't <laughs> I didn't like kill. Right. But I got. I got like a lukewarm laugh and I got a really strong, solid, warm laugh. Yeah. Then I bombed. <laughs> then I got a laugh. Yeah. So like when I, after like like a good a good laugh and then like a... <laughs> right. Then they gave me like... It wasn't it wasn't like a sympathy laugh. It was just kind of like an actual laugh. And yeah. Like, oh, okay. I'll That's it the back best again. one. <laughs> it was terrifying. Like I don't know if I could get up there and do it again. I want to. Mm-hmm. But because I'm scared. I'm scared of that bombing moment being the whole thing
0: yeah and sometimes it is <laughs> but after a while you do it enough you're like ah, eh, it's not that bad yeah. you know I've, I've bombed before that's the sort of the great thing about being in comedy long enough you've bombed in every possible way imaginable <laughs> where none of it i mean it still hurts a little bit but it doesn't hurt as bad as it used yeah. to i mean it used to depress me for a long time I'm like ah, oh, that was so bad but now it's like, ah, whatever. And then you go Like,
1: I, I, I guess... Because uh, if you're in a really bad conversation with a person... Yeah. You can just walk away. Like, okay, cool. It's good right. talking to you. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And that's kind of bombing in a sense. But, like, when you're in a, in a situation with an audience and you're up there and it's just like nothing is working... Yeah. Like, I've, I've done that musically. But it's a right. different sort of reaction. Like, when it's comedy, they're just kind of sitting there looking at you like... Right. All right, guy. You <laughs> kind of stuck. Yeah. But musically people will turn around they'll talk they'll yeah. like when you see people not paying they'll do attention. the same
0: thing in comedy <laughs> 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 and then, and then that's when you know
1: I'll, they'll turn around and like, oh
0: I've had every, every possible bombing I've done like how do you how do you I guess how do you handle you just like um the first theory is you're not supposed to mention it like you're supposed to be confident and just pretend like everything's yeah. going the way you want it to and that's what I used to fail at miserably. <laughs> the confidence I, part, oh, the it. worst. No, the confidence. Because <laughs> I wasn't confident to begin with. <laughs> so and I wasn't a good actor, so I couldn't pretend to be confident either. Just not the theater, man. I know. If I just <laughs> kept it on that theater. But then I'd be doing Shakespeare in the Park somewhere. Or... Can't bomb with Shakespeare. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff's already good. Um, but you were saying uh, the confidence thing was something. Yeah, I it took me God, probably 8 years to really think that i had figured at least some of it out.
1: Like cuz a lot of it is about getting your voice.
0: Right. Like and, just, and that's how about how, you know, yeah. 10 years to sort of figure out what it is about your personality that you can put on stage and people appreciate.
1: Because I would even say as a comedian, you're putting so much of yourself forward that right. your act grows like a person. So like, yeah. you like it has to come into like the sort of adolescence, right? For it to even it has to mature for it to even make sense, right? To you you know what I'm saying? Like yep. things that you know like things that were funny or that are funny to you or that you think other people might find funny, yeah. Like five five years from now, two years from now, you might just be like, uh ah, right, that's not me anymore.
0: It's funny uh, you mentioned that I'm in the process. I've always kept a uh, basically a Microsoft Word file of every joke that I've ever written. And every new joke goes on a new page and, you know, it's a thousand or whatever <laughs> pages now. But I'm in the process of moving it over to Evernote because I just think it's yeah. a better system and it's uh, a little better for searching and, and I it, can take it on my phone. and It's all across all devices. Yeah, sure. and that, that sort of appeals to me. So I'm in the process of as painful as it is going through the very first jokes and even though they're trash, and I know they're never going to be good, something about me makes me want to keep them. <laughs> so I have to look at all these awful old intellectual jokes. Pack rat. Yes, exactly. So I can't let it go. That
1: sounds like an insane cataloging system. Well, I know. I know Joan Rivers had like a thing where yeah, she had, she had every a system. Joke, yeah, and it was like this like a, a wall of just note cards and shit yeah. I thought that shit was crazy to look at but yeah, can you say that it's the same thing <laughs> I actually have every rhyme that I've ever written on paper right so you're the same way I am but <laughs> since I do it on my phone now I don't i throw them away oh like I'll, I'll delete the cause I have the file now oh right so right right. it used to be musically I would keep I would keep every song I've ever recorded so like right. demos and all this shit and now sometimes I'll just do it and it just goes away right I've kind of become less, less married. Less Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a weird feeling. You know, when yeah. I look back at my early stuff, like, there's literally, I have a, I'll have pieces of paper with one line, right. unfinished yep. from 2003. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, it's, it's something about like the, the actual sheet of paper and like right. remembering that what, what room I wrote it in and all this shit. Yeah. But with a word file,
0: yeah, It's just like a font, you know? Yeah. That's and the funny thing, insane. the fonts change, too, based on what I sort of liked at the time. There are some yeah. jokes in Comic Sans. Yes. Because it makes <laughs> them funnier. Right. I would always try to do the title of the joke in a different font that sort of fit uh, the joke. But then that became so. I'm like, how many fonts can I have in here?
1: So wait, do you sit down and like write? or how I do. do you, what's your process? Yeah, I'm, I I'm try like, to what? write
0: every single day. And I'm still like a literally a pen and paper guy. Yeah. But it all gets transferred, you know, into the computer so that I don't ever lose it. I'm going back to pen and paper. Yeah. I like pen and paper. And I've always done that. But I still keep this sort of digital copy. Yeah. Because I've always been afraid of losing it. Which the weird thing is if my, you know, my computer crashed tomorrow and all the backups went away, I'd still remember the hour I did two weeks ago. And I could write it down and it'd be fine. And I don't need, you know, 13 years of jokes that I wrote before that because most likely the ones that are better are coming ahead of me. They're not behind me.
1: But, I mean, I think the other part about it is that this is this thing you're creating. You know what I'm saying? So you want to hold on to it. Right. You want to be able to look back
0: at everything. It's the all these years of work. Yeah. You know. Otherwise, it didn't. Did it really happen? Right. (laughs) Yeah, and I know there's comics who never write anything down. Leno is famous for never having written anything down. Really? Yeah. I didn't
1: know Leno was like the Jay Z of comedy. (laughs) That's Jay Z's
0: thing. He doesn't write anything down. Really? He that he
1: says he doesn't. That's crazy. Lil Wayne is another one who says he doesn't write stuff down. Well, he actually did a mixtape series where. I forget what it was called but you could just hear him like he was doing all these like verses and just like crumbling sheets of paper and throwing away and he was like this is the last time i'm ever writing anything okay all the verses i've ever written everything else is going to be out of just off the top wow so like and i know in rap it's a thing it's like a huge thing for people not to write verses yeah and in some ways i think it makes the music worse because there are people who aspire to do it as opposed to just trying to train themselves to be good enough to not do it. You know what I'm saying? It's Like,
0: out the gate. I'm not going to write anything. Right. It sounds like you didn't write anything. (laughs) Right. That's that's the uh, sort of downside is some people aren't that talented. Yeah. And they could be because I think uh, I think almost in any art hard work trumps talent Yeah. almost every time. Almost every time,
1: and that's the one thing. Like Will Smith has a good quote, and he's just like, "You may be more talented than me, but you know I'm going to work hard. I'll outwork you. I'll outwork you. Yeah. <laughs> and even if I'm not better than you, I'll get I'll I'll get more results. You right. Know what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's the one. It circles back to the conversation about um about resources and finances mm-hmm. and to, in general. Like if you're not focused on surviving, you can work harder. Right. Work sm- not even work harder, but work smarter. Work smart. Work on what you want to work. Right. You know, as opposed to thinking about oh man I gotta take this $50 gig to right. pay my light bill or whatever right. yep so exactly. you um you were saying some comedians don't write
0: uh well they yeah there's always the comedians that uh and I think they're a little delusional <laughs> the ones that say they've never bombed and yeah. those guys I well, think well Sinbad says he's never bombed yeah Sinbad. <laughs> how's that possible from the day he decided to be a comedian, <laughs> you're telling I mean, me he's he never... sin bad his name is Sinbad. Said. You know what I'm saying?
1: He's like a genie. He'll never bomb. He made a wish to never bomb. <laughs> but I found that to be ridiculous. Like, I'm like,
0: you, this, yeah. it's impossible to say you never bomb. It's impossible. It, it, Comedy is way too hard to have had a perfect night from the <laughs> batting a thousand from the day you started. And i am already
1: he's made that claim, like, in several places. It's not like yeah. he just came out and just said in it.
0: passing one day. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't understand that either. Yeah. It's uh it's too hard. At least for me it's too hard. Uh but you know, years of putting work in, it gets easier. I don't know. I I wanna try it again. I'm
1: terrified.
0: Yeah. But I want to try it again. It's you know, once once you get to a point where you're competent at it there's no better thing in the world I love it so much and you still have bad nights yeah uh, but the good nights are so amazing you know I feel like
1: when I get the level of confidence like like we were talking about confidence earlier I feel yeah. like if I'm confident in that I don't need like when I went up I took uh, I had my phone with my set on it so I'm like looking at my oh
0: phone. yeah yeah <laughs> like not really like
1: the whole thing but just like talking points or just right. like, oh. All right, so let's talk about this thing now. Yeah, and I had rehearsed my set in my mind, so it was it was fairly rigid to the point where I would say a thing and expect a reaction. Right, and that's never a good thing to do.
0: Right, that was my first many years in comedy. Yeah, it's because I had like I had no performing skills whatsoever. (laughs) I was only getting by on halfway decent writing. Yeah, like I could write.
1: You're pretty charismatic, though.
0: I am now. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> were like, hey, um, so what a, what's the thing with dogs?
0: Yeah. Dogs are loud. I'm telling you, I have a videotape of my first t- time on stage, and I can't get through a minute of it. it. Is that the, bad? Oh, it's the worst. And I, and I told you earlier, I did well enough that I wanted to come back. But watching it now, it's so horrendous that I had no... If you can imagine zero performing skills, <laughs> less than that. I've seen zero performance skills. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't.
1: Ima- I, I mean, I guess I've seen bad comedy, but I just can't imagine. Like, cause you're so it's just natural at this point. You know what I'm saying? Well,
0: yeah, but that's, I know
1: that's, you, all that is is practice. Yeah, you know. It was never natural. <laughs> Everybody, and there's, there's this thing I've, I've been thinking lately is that you have to suck for a little while. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, like, I've been yeah. working
0: on my beats more lately,
1: and I'm just like, some of this shit is awful, but
0: you have to suck. You <laughs> right. have to, like, own your suck. You know right. what I'm saying? Like You don't get to the, like, brilliant stuff without getting through all the bad stuff. Yeah. All the mistakes, you know, lead you to the good stuff.
1: But how, I guess for me, I'm working on how to remain confident through the bad, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you, you, I mean, when you're a child or when you're like really new in something, there's a certain level of just trying shit out. You know, like right. you're trying on personas, or you're trying on voices. But right. when you have an established sort of thing, yeah, it's hard to like let yourself be bad at something. Yeah, but I guess you know, it, it's you got to be confident in being, you got to be confident in not being good if that makes any sense. You know?
0: Yeah, there's that's a certain when, level. That's the the beauty of New York City yeah. to me. Is when I go on the road. There's an expectation that I'm going to be good, and I have to be good. It's my job to be good. I'm being paid to be good on the road. But in New York, you know, like I did a show last night. There's maybe 25 people there, and I sort of have a reputation that comes with me after you know a couple of late night shows. You um, drink all this coffee. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sort of at this point. I'm kind of free to be bad. Because at those type of shows, they're a little experimental anyway, um, and I'm allowed I'm allowed to be bad, yeah, and that's the great thing about you know New York City for me is it's not the pressure of the road, it's not the pressure of a poster out front, and your name you know. That people paid money to come see, you know, it's a free show. If I'm bad, well, you got your money's right. <laughs> right. And if I'm great, then you just saw something amazing for free. I think that that's so dope about comedy, though, is the fact
1: that you your act has to be tested and tempered. So you yeah. have to workshop. You have to go out to like mm-hmm. open mics and try right. things out yeah. versus music you just make this thing in like either isolation or with other people, but it's still like shrouded in some sort of mystery, then you present it to the world. Yeah, and and
0: it's it's basically done.
1: And that's how it is. And if people don't like it, (laughs) it means you spent hours or days (laughs) or weeks making something people don't like. And it kind of, you know, you have to have a certain level of confidence to be like, well, stand by bad shit. Like, oh, well, it might (laughs) suck, but I made it. it is still good. Versus comedy, you go out there and you're like, well, this isn't really that good. I'm going to work on it again. Yeah. Come back tomorrow and come back tomorrow. And I wish that there was a way I've been trying to think of a way to merge that with music. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah, like some sort of way that you can just get on stage and try out new songs. But you have to, you can't just do that. You know what I'm saying? Why not? There aren't really that many opportunities. I, at least uh, maybe I don't know about it. Maybe I can go to over mics and just play a song and rap. Like, what do you guys think about this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like this? Like from a comedy standpoint, I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't you do that?
1: <laughs> it's just Music but is, is such is a rigid so. art form in a sense that it's like, yeah. you know, I don't know. You have to like have a beat. You have to have yeah. words and shit. Yeah. I'm just going to do comedy now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little easier. But so in terms of New York as a comedy town. Yeah. Uh, what's... I hear that New York is one of the better cities for comedians at this point.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love it for me. Um, when I was younger, someone told me that as a comedian, your three choices are New York, LA, or obscurity. <laughs> <laughs> so Chicago, is that in there? Chicago's in the mix a little bit. Okay. Uh, Chicago's kind of a, like an improv town. Oh, uh, yeah, Second
1: City and all that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and it has stand-up, and a lot of great stand-ups come out of Chicago. But almost everyone generally goes to New York or L.A. because that's where industry is a little bit. Right. Uh, and stand-up-wise, uh, New York's just known for being a stand-up type of town like if you want to be a great stand up you move to New York if you kind of want to be on TV and maybe want to do some acting or whatever you go to LA but if you want to be a pure like true stand up comic you know Ninety. I don't know what the percentage. Most of them will go to New York. Just make up a percentage. <laughs> nine and a number, whatever number you want. After that, that's the percentage that comes to New York to be a stand-up, and I think it's a good place because there's so many shows in so many different places, and they're not all great shows, but you know, there's what eight or nine full-time comedy, like real brick-and-mortar yeah. comedy clubs here, and probably hundreds of small produced shows all over the city every single night you could be on stage in a hundred places every single night and that's that's the beauty of New York and why comedians come here because you know where I where I really sort of started comedy was High Point North Carolina Mm. and we had a we had a regular comedy club and they did let me get on stage you know every week but sometimes it was once a week sometimes it was zero times a week how many comedy clubs were in High Point? like Uh, There was one in Greensboro, and there was one in High Point, but the Greensboro one was like two nights, and those are comedy clubs where they hire the guys, and they come in, and there's a show, and it wasn't like the type of scene where you're like, hey, I'm in town, can I do, you know, five minutes on the show, or, you know, it wasn't that sort of comedy club, it was was a a set show, and local guys weren't a part of it, now, like, at the club I started at, they would let me, like, host or MC for the week, and, you know, uh, sometimes you could go in and do a guest spot like, five minutes on a show or whatever. But it's not the type of place where you could go out any night of the week and find, you know, any number of shows to be on. Like, if you really hustled, you can probably do five shows a night yeah, here in the yeah. city. It's a, that's amazing. Especially at that beginner level. Right. Like, there's nothing better. Has it
1: always been like that in New York? I'm, are you saying he it has a reputation where if you want to be a stand-up, you got to come to New York?
0: Yeah. And be a guy like, I more, think so. I mean, okay. I've only been here seven years, but it's been that way the whole time I've been here. Okay. You know.
1: That makes with the, that makes sense. With the, the style of comedian, Is it are there different types of... Like, in music, there are different styles per region. You yeah.
0: Know <laughs> Does uh, it translate to comedy like that, so to speak? A little bit. Uh... I'll probably get in trouble if I tell you. (laughs) You don't have to do it. Don't do it. I don't want to get in trouble. Well, just because New York's known more as a pure stand-up town, like the comedy, for better or worse, is better because people are just trying to be stand-ups. But the focus gets uh, diluted a bit in L.A. Okay. And for whatever reason, and people tell me, I don't (laughs) know that this is true, (laughs) but uh, quote-unquote L.A. comedians... Tend to be more, uh, um, very act outy, and they.
1: Yeah, like more like uh
0: big, like, like yes, they act, like right, big actions, like yeah, yeah, body movements, right, yeah. and all that. And I'm a words guy myself. Yeah. Like the less I move on stage, the <laughs> happier I am. <laughs> well, which if, I know it's it's not great, you know, for me. I, I need to be bigger, but I don't ever want what I'm doing on stage to over shadow the words
1: well I'm more of a words comedian I I like word comedians too like you know I'm I'm some comedians like um, I'm friends with Wyatt Senac yes he's gotten a little more energetic Act Uh, Hannibal he's gotten a little bit more energetic
0: I think that at a certain point Hannibal's a guy though you can listen to him and the words are great yeah so if you can ever like merge those two and be like great written jokes and a big like Personality and act out. On st- I mean, you're the sky's the limit. Right. I mean, that's like the perfect storm of skills. But a lot of times, people kind of separate into the two. And I'm, I'm a words guy, and other people are an acty type so of. So you're
1: comparing further comparing this to music. You're the MC, not the rapper.
0: <laughs> yeah. is like lyrically. Yeah. Rappers
1: are like entertaining.
0: Yes. So exactly. you're the MC of comedy. The MC. <laughs> Yeah,
1: but do you get um? I guess do you get like the same reaction when you go to LA, or do, the, you, do honestly, you even like? Do you even enjoy? Is there do you like? Do you love the New York scene more than LA? I guess.
0: Yeah. The what's funny the only the only times I've performed in LA are on television. So in that sense, hey. it's amazing. Right. <laughs> All the spots I've done have been fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah I haven't been out there long enough okay. to know but you know a lot of guys move out there and you know the weather's better for sure yeah that's for sure uh, but yeah I just you know New York's as the old song says my kind of town but I think they're talking about Chicago and I think, <laughs> Chicago my town I don't know
1: but um, do you I'm trying to think how to phrase this question in terms of Your drive with comedy because you know, you said you started at 28 and you said, um, it was just something that you had to do, right? You didn't want to like regret it, right? I have kind of the same story with music in the sense that I started, I was in college and I was just like, well, I should rap now because I don't want (laughs) to, I don't don't want to think that I didn't give this a good shot, (laughs) yeah. Like, but for me, it wasn't really necessarily something that, like, remember, I was when I was in high school, I was like, yo, you can't be a rapper, right? You know what I'm saying? For me, it was something that. It literally was just something to. to it was a decision. It wasn't necessarily like I was. I was born with this drive to be a musician. Was right. Like, I want to do this. Right. I'm gonna get better at this. Yeah. You know, like that was kind of how it was for you, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hopefully, it sort of <laughs> paid off.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, I think it's. I think it's paying off pretty well. Yeah, you
0: know? I think so. Yeah, I'm happy where I am in my career. Like I never thought I'd be on television, and that happened a couple of times. So I've already kind of exceeded uh like the goals I set.
1: And that's like so for me I've kind of done the same thing in mm-hmm. a sense with music and it's about rebuilding goals for me and like rebuilding
0: right. like finding new mountains to climb. That's what I had to do like literally the day after I did Cone and I woke up and I was like well now what? <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I didn't think I'd ever do that. Yeah. You know, that's being on television is this very like all the stars have to line up. It's it's not just being good, but being very lucky, you know, on right. top of that. And you can't count on the lucky part of it. There's a lot of great comedians that have never done late night TV. Yeah. And, you know, I got lucky. I mean, I put in hard work, but I got very lucky as well.
1: Do you see yourself ever merging the world of marching bands
0: and comedy? You know what? Like. I've... <laughs> People have asked that, and I don't know how um, it will be hard to hear the jokes over the band right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been suggested that uh, I could write a sitcom about it about being a band director, and I've you know tossed that idea around a little bit, but nothing's on paper yet.
1: so do you but is it something that you're thinking about doing though that, that, that could be pretty cool,
0: yeah. I am thinking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's a whole other... Like, you becoming a writer, like, that's an, a completely different yeah. skill. Yeah. You know, I spent 13 years becoming a comedian. You know, if I really, really wanted to be a sitcom writer, I would have done that. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So it's weird to try to shift gears when... Even if I did a sitcom, the end goal is only to get more people to come see me tell jokes. Yeah. So... That's hard to kind of rationalize. Uh, But, you know, I would... That's certainly, you know, an opportunity anyone would take in comedies. To be in front of millions of people all the time. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, like, even looking...
1: Mm. Comparing it to music again. Like, The Roots and their role on uh, Fallon. Oh, man. Like, they're literally performing every night for millions of people. You know what I'm saying? That's... (laughs) Like, it's almost like they based on what uh, Quest was saying he was like they he never imagined that to be their trajectory and they turned yeah. it down the first time it was right. They were thinking about turning Did it Did you down.
0: read that book by the way?
1: Um his, his book? Yeah. I read like half of it. Yeah. I got I, It was amazing. The um with the, all the
0: stories? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have this horrible habit of reading half of books. <laughs> like literally half of a book and I'm like I'm, I'm I have a I have a other horrible tendency that I can't stop reading a book even if it's horrible. <laughs>
1: You I'm have like, to say, "Well, with,
0: I have to finish it."
1: That's me with television and movies.
0: Yeah, I'm like I'll, I'm a completist in that
1: sense. Right. But um, Dan Charnas has a book called "The Big Payback." It's about. Um, it actually just got optioned to be a TV show, but it's about like it's it's like a um, kind of pulp fictiony mm-hmm. thing that tells the tale of hip hop. This the, the story oh, that's of the cool. music industry. Yeah, yeah. And it's the most fascinating book ever. And I got halfway through it. Like, well, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I know how this ends. (laughs) But I'm going to pick it back up. Yeah. My goal this year was to read more books. I want to read... This is going to sound like a really insanely low number. Yeah. I want to read four books this year. Oh, you can do that. I can do it. If uh, I read more than half a book. You want to finish four books? Finish four books. Yeah. This is coming from a person that read maybe one book in the past two to three years yeah i, I didn't getting... start
0: reading till after school like after college i mean i read what i had to read but then you like you get out and i was like oh i can read whatever i want now yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it takes a little while to actually start doing
1: it. well that the other thing too is that i don't um it's kind of like with jazz so i don't have the i don't know what i want to read like, right with jazz i don't know what i want to listen to like i don't right. know what i would enjoy. Yeah. I feel like I know what style of film I like a lot, so oh, I, I, right. I tend, yeah. it's easier for me to find stuff. But when it comes to books, yeah, like you know, there's so many like topics and the authors. There's so yeah. many different things that will factor into my enjoyment. You yeah,
0: know? I end up almost always reading, uh, like a book my wife will read, and she kind of knows what I'd like. And she read the Questlove book, and she said, "You're gonna love it." Yeah, and I did. And uh, there was another oh The Hunger Games you read the book The Hunger Games I, I read all of it like oh, wow. <laughs> in a row I couldn't put it down and I didn't think I was going to like it she's like read 10 pages I'm like alright I'll read 10 pages and I was like well <laughs> i mean,
1: so you read before, when do you do most of your reading like, well
0: is it... uh, I used to do it at, uh, at night before bed uh, but now I have a baby so I do it very little
1: because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to even figure out when to fit reading into my life. on the subway ride bikes my bike. <laughs> oh, that's right. I don't even listen to music that much anymore. <laughs> yeah, because I'm on my bike most of the time. Yeah, but I I think that I'm gonna have to
0: like budget time into my right. Sleep. Just like literally four, four times books. My day. You could get through f- four books reading probably what five pages a day, maybe even less. I'm
1: in the I'm in the middle of reading Blink, the Malcolm. Oh Bywell yeah, book. yeah. Gladwell. He writes like, a bunch of good books. Yeah, I'm like a quarter away into it. Yeah, and like. I'll it'll it'll keep calling me back yeah like I'll put it down and like I'm like you should read that again that's pretty yeah. good yeah I'm enjoying that
0: yeah yeah that's a good one he wrote uh outliers right yeah yeah that was a good one
1: but the quest love book I was um I'm a, I was on okay Player's website for a long time oh yeah and he would like I remember at one point he was telling all these stories on the website yeah so a
0: lot of them I've, I've oh, heard the stories re- yeah. yeah I was amazed at what a genius he is about music and He's like, like a, a straight-up savant. Yeah. I didn't know you could know that much about yeah. music. I was like, oh, my God. I don't know anything
1: about music. Like, but, he, he's one of those people that's, it's almost like intimidating to talk music with him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you challenge, not necessarily challenge his, his ideology or challenge, like, one of his uh, his uh, opinions. Yeah. You have to be just as well-versed because it's just like, you know, he has this sort of nuanced, nuanced understanding of what right. he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you can't even talk to him about yeah. it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, as a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah. of music, what um what type of stuff are you into? Uh
0: music-wise? Yeah. Uh I actually I love Jay-Z. <laughs> really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um I I'm kind of all over the map because of my like classical music background, I listen to uh classical music all the time. Yeah. Um and probably if we turn on that radio over there it's probably on a classical music (laughs) channel right now um i grew up in virginia right around where the dave matthews band was so i loved them you know my whole life i know it's (laughs) it's not everyone's cup of tea i'm
1: trying to remember dave matthews did runner no i'm thinking about john what's that john popper john oh yeah yeah what was that one who who is who's who's in that band the name of that band they make um, why you wanna give me the run around? Yeah, no, whatever. But what, what did Dave Matthews sing? What? 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 What, um, what
0: would you know? I would. I would probably know the singles. Any of the singles? Uh, the sort of big first album they had was called uh, "Under the Table and Dreaming," which had "Ants Marching." Uh, Maybe I don't know the next <laughs> album was uh, uh, "Crash." Oh, Crash Into Me. Crash Into Me. Okay, yeah. Everybody knows that. Right. They are a giant touring band, like just arena band, and still go out every summer, which is great. But yeah, kind of uh, like all of my college years, I was listening to Dave Matthews.
1: I feel like we were probably in college around the same time.
0: Probably. Let's not tell anybody how old yeah. we are. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> but all they have to do is do some math right. and figure out when Under the Table and Dreaming came out. And I was in college. I was yeah. listening
1: to uh, one of my favorite albums was Sarah McLachlan, Mirrorball. Oh, yeah. Loved that album. Yeah. That and um, I was a big Cake fan.
0: Oh, okay. Loved I never Cake. listened to Cake. Really? No. I, was,
1: I, I, I followed him for like three or four albums and I kind of... Lost them. I was into Jimmy Buffett for a long time. Really? Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. That's odd <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> one. I'm telling you,
0: way, way all over the map. Um, but no, when you said High
1: Point, I remember because I used to I used to work in High Point.
0: That's right. Yeah, I furniture. built furniture in High Point. Yep.
1: I was Jesus for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I was a carpenter, a little carpenter. Um, and I could not remember the name of the place I worked for because I wanted to, I wanted to ask you if you had heard of the place,
0: but I probably did.
1: 'Cause it was my wife worked like in furniture. Elizabeth
0: something. I'll Google it and figure it out. You know what? That sounds there's like a because all those furniture companies are named after North Carolina towns. And yeah. there's an Elizabeth something or other. I have to Google it. Like Yeah. But I painted a chair and it's in Dale Earnhardt <laughs> That was <laughs>
1: He has one of my chairs. Do
0: you have a picture of the chair? Would you take pictures of the stuff? I do painted? have
1: a picture of it in my apartment. That's great. <laughs> I was really proud of that chair. Yeah, but I didn't, it wasn't like I made the design. They were just like here, paint, painted that color, do that, do that there. Yeah, but college was it was a weird time for me. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying? I, I didn't really. I went to college to get away from Cincinnati. Right. You know, I kind of was. I won't say I was running from Cincinnati, but I was definitely trying to figure things out for myself. Right. And I know that a lot of people don't really necessarily do a lot of inventory in college. You just kind of fumble through college, but yeah. I was in college doing specific inventory. Like, okay, right. what's going on in my life? <laughs> what yeah. am I going to do with my life? <laughs> right. There's a lot of pressure involved in it for
0: me. There is a lot. And you're almost too young to make those decisions. But. Yeah. We all figured it out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I figured it out pretty late, though. Yeah. And I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. You know what <laughs> it's one of those things where I might wake up tomorrow like, what the hell is going on with my life?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I, I at least feel I'm sort of on the right path.
1: Hey, hey. Just checking
0: in again to say
1: that the mission has been accomplished. I got my donuts. Got a cafe au lait, Got a lemon zest. I'm excited about that. I was going to get a cheesecake one, but I figure I had the cheesecake before and I've never had lemon zest. So we'll see how those two donuts work out. But in the meantime, I need you guys to follow at BWN Podcast on Twitter or drop me a line at BWN Podcast at gmail.com. Really want to hear from you guys. Let me know how I'm doing, if you're enjoying it. Presumably you are. I don't think you would listen to this thing to email me and tell me you didn't like it, but... I've seen stranger things happen, word to Twitter. All right, I'm gonna try to get these donuts home dry. Wish me luck, cause my bag is kinda soggy, and it has my DJ equipment in it, which is a horrible thing to be in a soggy bag. But maybe not as bad as donuts. We don't know, I don't know. We'll find out. How do you um mix fatherhood into this?
0: Oh man, that's a.
1: Like being a dad in New York, I know uh, I said I wanted to talk to you about it a while ago. Yeah. But just, when I have my daughter up here, and we're like walking through the city, like, like moving around through the city, it's the hardest thing in the world, because mm-hmm. she's wants to run and touch everything, and I'm just right. like, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She lives in Virginia, you know what I'm saying? So, for her, it's just a, it's, it's a lot more space. Yeah. And but, New York is kind of loud and fast for her, too. She doesn't really like it.
0: Right. I'm sort of, uh, you know, that it's like everything in life, there's... Like, the good points and bad... Like, where I grew up, I felt like there wasn't a lot of opportunity. Now, at this point in my life, looking back, I can recognize all the great things about, you know, a quiet little town. You feel safe. You can leave the doors unlocked. You're not going to get robbed. Right. And it's a very beautiful little place. But at the time, I didn't feel like there was much to do. Um, And that's kind of the good part about, you know, raising a little boy in New York City. Whatever he wants to do in this life, the expert at that thing lives here and probably gives lessons at it. You know, if he... Whatever you want to do. I mean, probably the greatest juggler in the world lives two neighborhoods away or something. So whatever you're interested in, you can learn that thing here, uh, which I think is great. Uh, But it is a giant city, and I don't want him to grow up... uh, Sort of not really knowing what regular life is, because this yeah. is not regular life for 98% of the country. Yeah. Th- this is a different world. And I've always imagined what it would be like to grow
1: up in New York City, and I don't yeah. think that... I know I would be a totally different person. Probably. Oh, I, yeah, I would too. But I just couldn't imagine like little things like my mom letting me take the train for the first time.
0: Again. Oh, I can't even... Yeah, like... like <laughs> but he's only one, so yeah. I don't have to worry about that <laughs> yet, but... But so, did did fatherhood scare you, or
1: were you ready for it, or was it like a... Uh,
0: No, it did scare me, because we weren't sure it ever happened. We'd been married 14 years. Oh, wow. (laughs) And, And then it happened. So... I was, you're never ready for it. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy to think. Some people feel like they're ready for it. Like, yeah. I feel like
1: you think you're ready for it until
0: it happens. Yeah, you're right. There's people that think they're ready for it. I didn't think I was ready for it, and I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. But, <laughs> the, like, sort of the good that comes with all the craziness of it is it makes you be very organized. Right. The, like, the time you have to accomplish things has shrunk immensely. So now you have to be super organized and you have to know it. And that's actually a good thing because as comedians, you know, other than working an hour a night, we have a lot of free time, <laughs> which can be very much wasted uh, yeah. and oftentimes is. It's
1: never wasted. It's always an inspiration <laughs> for something else. Yeah. Let's tell it <laughs> uh,
0: But, you know, with a baby, you have to focus more because I know, you know, the clock hits a certain number and I go, go pick them up at daycare. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, you have to just kind of get everything in, uh, in less time.
1: Are the schools here pretty good and everything? The school in New York, in, in,
0: in this neighborhood, at least, is a very good school. Okay, um, and that is like one of the hard things to think about too. Is you know, where do they go to school? Yeah, because my
1: daughter goes to a pretty <laughs> decent, like cool school out in Virginia. Yeah. But I always think like I I don't have to worry about that because right. I'm the parent in New York you know what I'm <laughs> right <laughs> yeah she's not gonna live here yeah and if she does live like if she chooses to come up here when she's like in high school or something it's just like uh
0: yeah you gotta figure uh, that out quick <laughs>
1: it's terrifying like, you yeah know?
0: yeah See, we're pretty safe there's a like a elementary and middle school here like a block away that's very good yeah so I kinda got a, like a decent amount of time to figure it out And it wouldn't surprise me, like, if we ended up moving out to the suburbs at some point to just have a little more space and everything. But I feel like we have to kind of be close to New York. Yeah. Just for, you know, for comedy reasons.
1: Right. I I like my daughter having that sort of context in New York, too. Like, being able to be like, like, for my whole life, New York was just like this mythical place. Right. It didn't really exist. You know what I'm saying? Until I moved here and even then it was just like I still have those moments where I'm like wow
0: New York oh yeah it's hard to wrap your mind around yeah often it goes and it never stops
1: yeah it's (laughs) it's like 24 hours a day stimulation yeah and like even now when I go back to Cincinnati for like Thanksgiving or whatever sometimes it's hard to sleep because it's so quiet
0: oh I I can't stand quiet (laughs) anymore (laughs) like it creeps me out yeah uh yeah at some point you get used to the hustle a little bit the pace it it took me a while to get used to the pace though right and and there are
1: days where I just I can't like I'm just in my apartment like I don't want to do anything (laughs) I don't feel like moving right now because like doing the mathematics on like coming here I was ready for it I've been ready for it for like a week but like the other day I had to go from my friend's house to record something and it's it's the kind of thing where it's too close to take the train but right. too far to really walk right you know what I'm <laughs> so saying pain. especially in the cold so I'm yeah. like I gotta ride my bike yeah. ride my bike it's uphill so I'm doing all this math all this math to like motivate myself to leave yeah, or inform myself and it's just
0: sometimes the pacing of it is just just too much you know yeah. yeah I know what you mean it is sometimes hard to like just as artists you know we kind of work at night yeah and it's real easy to sit back on the couch and go, you know what I'm not going to go outside. right Netflix is always on Netflix is always <laughs> there it's warm in here the, and I got to put on my coat my hat and walk to the subway and the thing for me is autoplay is, autoplay is the
1: devil like Hulu you'll be watching Hulu
0: oh yeah, yeah. next episode just, comes <laughs> it just on, starts like, fuck you don't have to pick it it's like stop just stop <laughs> yeah yeah, is it Hulu or Netflix? I think Netflix. When you're streaming a series, it actually skips the intro at the beginning of the series, just jumps right into the show. I didn't know that. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's
1: a binge watcher's paradise.
0: Yeah, yeah, it jumps over the uh, what you missed last time. They know you didn't miss it because you just watched it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I got to get my Netflix my Netflix queue up to date. I haven't really been tending to it at all yeah we're uh, we're only streaming now yeah I don't have cable I have I have Netflix I have like a Roku box yeah yeah but I don't really like I just kind of go on Netflix and right. I haven't like curated it I used to like right. uh, used to go online and curate and figure out things I'll watch and yeah. plan it but I don't have the time for that yeah.
0: shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> besides I'm getting more books in my life you know that's right yeah <laughs> do you
0: know the four books you want to get through um I want go to finish you. the Dan Charles book the big yeah, payback right big payback I gotta finish that sounds glitch. interesting I might read that it's really,
1: it's really good it's, it's a huge book though it's huge I can read big books This <laughs> it's, it's a challenge for me <laughs> <laughs> I gotta figure out two more books though yeah so I'm in the market if you know
0: anything good I'm not a science fiction dude you know what I didn't think I was but The Hunger Games I liked and Dragon Tattoo I liked the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Yeah, but that's not science fiction. I saw both movies and I liked them. Yeah. So I don't think I need to read that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a danger. What are the book's going to tell me that the movies did? Yeah, that's why I want to try to read American Sniper before I go see that. There's a
1: girl, she has a
0: tattoo, right. people are hungry and shit. <laughs> I almost have the whole story Same already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But I do, actually I want to try, I want
0: to check out Patton's book. Yeah, the, um, the new one about the movies. Yeah. Yeah, you'd like that. Because I like movies. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a good segue into books. Yeah, he was uh, he was the other guest the night I did Conan. Oh wow! So he was super nice. I'm a huge Pat Oswald fan. Yeah, and he's from Virginia. You know that? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. Do you guys? So is he where he from? Close to where you're from? Uh, he was from Northern Virginia, but it was funny that like uh, when I was there at Conan, uh, the two people that came with me uh, were a college buddy of mine and a high school friend of my wife's. Uh, who, we're all from Virginia. So when he popped into my dressing room, I was like, hey, we're all from Virginia too. So that was fun. It's like a VA reunion. Yeah. Well, I
1: think I'm going to wrap it up. All right. Got an hour in. We've said it all. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being my guest. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. The
0: number you have dialed has been changed. The new number
1: is... Well, that was a trip. Finally home. Donuts are dry computer bag didn't fare so well my computer works my equipment is dry but something tells me that I either need a better umbrella or to scotch guard this bag because walking in the rain with your dj equipment on your back isn't a good idea but you have to do it because I guess I could take a cab but I feel like that would kind of be a waste of money for the distance I have to go plus I mean it's hard to find a cab where I live at I'm rambling, but the thing about My Little Bumpers is that I feel like this is a podcast within a podcast. Like I record the episodes at some point during the week, and then on Sunday nights when I upload them and make the bumpers, I give you guys a sneak peek behind the scenes at what really makes the whole Don Will show go. It's a glance behind the curtains, if you will. Um, yeah, but so speaking of a glance behind the curtains, it is approximately five o'clock right now. I've got to be at my venue at 8, so I have three hours to dry off, thaw out, eat donuts, make some ramen because I love my ramen, and figure out my set list, and also decide if I want to find a new bag to carry this laptop in. So a lot of stuff going Oh, and I also got to edit this down and get it uploaded. I've already tweaked the artwork, so that's already done, but I don't know why I made Sunday into my work day again. Um, I guess I just like routine and structure. And also like to do things that challenge me <laughs> in ways that are unimaginable. Um, also, if you're in Brooklyn uh, Monday, which is probably today for you, I'll be at Wyatt's Night Train show at Littlefield. Um, I'm doing a, I'm designing some MLK Day party flyers for him. I did this last year with Gene. Me and Gene have a competition to see who can come with who can come up with the worst flyers. I won last year, and I'm not losing the crown. So come through if you can. If not, I will see you in San Francisco or online. All right, guys. Talk soon. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Say it to the mic. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye.